This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Juneteenth. Juneteenth, be honest. Do you know what it is? Do you really know what it is? I don't know what it is. I kind of know what it is, but we didn't have a national conversation about this. But now Juneteenth is a national holiday. It really is a thing. And now to Michaels, one-on-one with former President Barack Obama talking about race, resilience, and finding hope again. It's all part of ABC's Juneteenth special. Take a look. President Obama, happy Juneteenth. It is good to see you. Happy Juneteenth to you. Thank you. All right, now don't feel bad if you don't know what Juneteenth is. Now, they just kind of took this and ran with it, and they're doing it for political reasons. This is all about Donald Trump. I'm telling you, (laughs) they don't know what it is. Does Joe Biden know what Juneteenth is? He's going down to Texas on Juneteenth, right? The first major massacre, literally speaking, of the uh, Black Wall Street, right, years ago. Wrong. He's talking about the Tulsa race massacre that happened in 1921, May of 1921 and June 1st of 1921. A totally different thing. Galveston, Texas, 1865. That's when General Granger uh, went down there and announced uh, he was from the Union Army, announced that uh, slaves in the Confederate states uh, or outside the Union were free. All right. 1865 not 1921. A lot of people are playing catch up here because they ram this down our throats without an adequate national conversation. All right. Back to uh, Obama and Strahan. We're now in 2021 and we have the pandemic, the insurrection, um, racial reckoning. A lot of people feel like they've lost hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very profound. Very deep. More. You get hope back from for me at least, taking the long view and recognizing that resilience, um, determination, the ability to deal with setbacks and disappointments and keep going, uh, yeah, that those are qualities that um, can carry us forward. And, And no one has exhibited that more historically in this country than uh, African-Americans. What did anybody ever see in this guy? He's making it up as he goes along, throwing out words that sound good, resilience, determination. He doesn't know. And then, of course, in the end, he racializes it. All right. This was not the story he was telling us back when he was trying to win us over. Remember? I stand here knowing that my story is part of the larger American story, that I owe a debt to all of those who came before me, and that in no other country on earth is my story even possible. Beautiful and true, but he has no interest in telling that story anymore. He can't benefit from it. Back then, he was looking for our love, for our votes. 
Not anymore. He just wants to hang with the famous people and make lots of money. Now, why is this uh, a story? Well, they have made it uh, a national holiday, but don't forget the Trump angle here, okay? Take a look. In Politico today, they're all talking about this in the swamp. I made Juneteenth very famous, the inside story of Trump's post-George Floyd month. And it's true. Do you remember that Tulsa rally that the president had, President Trump, uh, during COVID? All right, we weren't quite done with it, but he had that big rally in Tulsa. This was originally scheduled for June 19th, June 19th, Juneteenth. Now, the fake news doesn't care, but they wanted to make it an issue against Trump. So, oh, my God, how could he do something like this? He is totally deranged. Take a look at this. Back to a new book in that political article. Trump's response was also impaired by his stunning disregard for history, particularly compared to most other modern presidents. Hmm. Vice President Biden. <laughs> Barack Obama's wingman for eight years. What is Juneteenth? He's going down to Texas on Juneteenth, right? The first major massacre, literally speaking, of the uh, Black Wall Street, right? Years ago. Wrong, wrong, wrong. So not unlike Joe Biden, Donald Trump didn't actually know what Juneteenth was. A lot of people didn't. Still today, people are vague. Back to that Politico article that the swamp is going crazy about today. The backlash shocked Trump. He started quizzing everyone around him. Do you know what it is? Trump would ask. And then there's this. Two days after announcing his rally, Trump turned to a Secret Service agent who was black and asked him about Juneteenth. Yes, the agent told Trump. I know what it is, and it's very offensive to me that you're having this rally on Juneteenth. Notice we don't have the Secret Service agent's name. This is how the swamp operates. I am utterly convinced that this is a lie. All right? Now, it's in an upcoming book. Let's put that book cover up, shall we? Frankly, we did win this election, the inside story of how Trump lost by Michael C. Bender. Michael C. Bender, in my opinion, just may have made some stuff up, all right? He talks about the stunning lack of awareness that Donald Trump had about Juneteenth. And it was a solemn day. It offended that black Secret Service agent that Donald Trump would have a rally on June 19th. Well, let's go to uh, Mr. Bender's presumably favorite president, Barack Obama. What did he do on June 19th of 2009? I want to express my appreciation for the opportunity to tell jokes that uh, weren't funny enough for me to use when we did this five weeks ago. <laughs> Whatever. June 19th, Juneteenth, 2009, an occasion to tell jokes. He loved telling jokes on Juneteenth and not publicly talking about Juneteenth. Let's go to 2013, Juneteenth. As I've said, Angela and I don't exactly look like previous German and American leaders. All right, again, kind of funny, not really, but kind of. Juneteenth, 2013. Let's try Juneteenth, June 19th, 2015. At the White House, he had uh, the old Bulls theme song and I, it set a very high bar, as if I was Michael Jordan coming out. He loved being funny on Juneteenth. So let's take a look one more time. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? 
A Secret Service agent told President Trump, I know what it is, and it's very offensive to me that you're having this rally on Juneteenth. I think we know the answer. Stay with us. We've got a lot of good stuff coming up. I'll be right back. Information. Truth. Is power. Is freedom. Is money. Is health. Is Newsmax. Millions watch it for free. So can you. No paywall, no subscription. Newsmax is real news for real people. Have you checked out the Newsmax Daily Podcast with me, Rob Carson? You get daily news, insightful commentary, and believe it or not, comedy. Check it out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or at NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? Could two guys not get it any more than these two guys? That's the whole thing about what privilege is, is that you, 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 people don't like to have their pleasure interrupted, their peace interrupted. And so people think that it should be the way that it should be because they have been taught that in, right. in, in this country. But, you know, telling people, having people come to the realization, especially ancestors of slaves, that they, they were enslaved and that they were beaten, that they were sold, that they weren't able to accrue wealth, that they weren't able to go to school, they weren't able to go vote. You think that makes them feel good? So the folks on the other side, stop making it about you and be curious instead of judgmental. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't resist. Uh, You had a long career in local news and now you have a job at CNN uh, and that's it. The other guy, Cuomo, we all know he's crazy. These are the people who are lecturing us about race night and day, night and day. You know what? If you really want to get clarity, Don't talk to the people. Don't listen to the people on TV and the fake news. Listen to ordinary people, people like Keisha. Just coming off of May 31st, marking the 100 years of the Tulsa riots, it is sad that we are even contemplating something like critical race theory, where children will be separated by their skin color and deemed permanently oppressors or oppressed in 2021. That is not teaching the truth, unless you believe that whites are better than blacks. This is Keisha King from Duval County, Florida. You can listen to a year of the fake news and not receive the wisdom you just got right there. You can also read an article, an op-ed from former President Trump in today's Real Clear Politics on critical race theory. He says, instead of helping young people discover that America is the greatest, most tolerant, and most generous nation in history, it teaches them that America is systemically evil and that the hearts of our people are full of hatred and malice. Far from advancing the beautiful dream of the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. that our children should not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character, that is beautiful. The left's vile new theory preaches that judging people by the color of their skin is actually a good idea. Thank you, Mr. President. All right. Meanwhile, Barack Obama is suddenly all about race, all about race. Some are pointing out, and I'll point out right now that... When it came to diversity, which he is all about, he had very little of it in his White House, in the West Wing. 
mostly white men. Now, I don't have a problem with that. I just think, you know, based on the individual, but listening to him now and looking at those faces and seeing what people look like when he had the opportunity, he blew it. He didn't follow his own code, or at least the code he's telling us about now. All right, also, Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon, and January 6th. Portland, Oregon, what's happening there, according to the left, is beautiful and necessary. The protests, the damaging of federal buildings. January 6th, however, is the worst thing that ever happened. Well, some developments in Portland, which has been under siege, but nobody seems to care because the protesters are on the left. They're supporting leftist causes. Well, you push the cops too far. You see what they're putting up with. We have this. 50 officers have quit the riot squad, the riot control squad, because a cop was charged unfairly, they believe, with assault, handling a horrible situation. Uh, He was charged with fourth degree assault and it turns out he was convicted. Things can get pretty hairy out there and they did not give the cop the benefit of the doubt. Now when it comes to riot control, well, you'll have 50 less cops to control riots in Portland, Oregon. All right, now this. Black lives do matter, not the way the Black Lives Matter movement says. They only care when a black life is taken by a white cop. No, black lives do matter. White lives, Asian law, everybody matters, of course. But we want to emphasize that 15-year-old Cornell Hill mattered, known as LC, shot and killed. Again, just 15 years old, Thursday, June 10th in Omaha, Nebraska. The family is demanding answers from the community and local police. Cornell was walking home from a friend's house after deciding deciding not to sleep over. He was shot 17 times by an unknown gunman just down the street from his house. Family says he wasn't in a gang, no idea who'd want to hurt him. We're just trying to figure out how this happened. You know, he wasn't a street kid. He was more like a ladies' man. He liked the girls. He liked the sports, the basketball, the football. He did not deserve what he got. And for someone only 15 getting shot 17 times, that, that is malicious. He was just 15 years old. Cornell Hill, known as LC, shot and killed 17 times. But instead, we're talking about a lot of things that don't matter. Very little that could help people like Cornell. All right, stay with us. Maybe our next guest could help uh, with this issue. He's a great man from Chicago. He got two degrees in the medical field. And he's speaking a lot of truth. And he's inspiring a lot of people. We'll be right back. I'm joined now by Ty Smith, host of Cancel This with Ty Smith. He happens to have a physical therapy degree and an orthopedic physician's assistant degree. This is going to be very relevant in a moment. But first, Ty, uh, welcome. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Very good. And it's good to see you in this format live because, uh, well, I saw you go viral. And we're going to play that moment uh, for everybody in a second. But before we do, set it up because I've seen it. I love it. What's the setting and what set you off? Was there a question posed or did you come in and you wanted to get this message out? 
No, I came in because I was invited to go there to kind of hear the school board, what they were kind of implementing. I have a son that's most likely going to be attending that same school. But what amazed me is that I had all these white people that were getting up saying all these things about black people and what black people are going through. And I looked around the room and I was the only one sitting in there. So I was like, how do all these people know these things about what black people are going through? And none of them been there. So I just after I let all of them kind of speak and say their part, I just had to get up and say something. Well, you sure did. And it got noticed in a big way. Let's take a look. When you talk about critical race theory, which is pretty much going to be teaching kids how to hate each other, how to dislike each other. That's pretty much what it's going to, that's pretty much, I don't care what say, it's pretty much what it's going to all come down to. You're going to deliberately teach kids, this white kid right here got it better than you because he white? You're going to personally tell a white kid, oh, the black people are all down and suppressed. How do I have two medical degrees if I'm sitting here oppressed? Black folks are getting told by other black folks, oh, you know you ain't going to be able to do nothing out there in the world because them white folks ain't going to let you get no, oh, you know you're not going to be able to do it here because you know, white, the, the white man, the white man going to keep you down. Well, how did I get where I am right now if some white man kept me down? In my opinion, that's a lot of truth. It's very, very impressive. The Room. Oh, and wait, I want to show you, everybody, how many times this has been viewed so far. This might be old. It's counting. It's growing. But take a look. Uh, I think we're up to 2.2 million so far have watched. And we want to thank Benny here at Newsmax for getting the word out as well. What was the reaction like in The Room, sir? Complete silence. I mean, after the applauding, it was complete silence. And then after that, a lot of people that were speaking up uh, beforehand, I actually invited some of those high schoolers and some of the middle-aged kids there. I was like, I can take you guys exactly to the areas where I grew up at and show you there. There are people there. You will be safe. I would take you there. You can spend a few nights there so you can see how this thing really is. You think any of them wanted to do it? No, all they want to do is get what they call the clout or whatever for saying we're out here with the people. We're with the black people. We're standing with them. No, they're not. I mean, I'm calling it out. It's, it's, it's a complete fake. They're not doing any of those things they claim that they're doing. Just because you're out there marching with black people does not mean you are actually in those neighborhoods helping black people at all. It's just it's, it's just all a farce. It's just all to make themselves look good and feel good about saying, well, you know, by me being white and this going on, I'm supporting them. So that shows that I'm not racist. That shows no, it's not showing anything. All it's showing is that you are fake. And I'm just calling them what it is. I came from that stuff. So I know fakeness when I see it. So apart from not being able to not genuinely helping, they're also kind of running with this idea that they deep down are oppressors and that they've kept black people back. Right. I mean, that's kind of like the assumption they're going in with. Yes. And how? See, nobody they talk about and they kept on saying, well, we need to teach real history of Christopher Columbus. Why, why is nobody talking about in the late 1870s post-slavery when black folks were just as socioeconomically successful as almost white people were? They were just as married just as much as white people were. They were doing jobs. They were increasing things by hundreds of foes. Nobody is talking about that part of history. And that was during a time when it was actually OK to be racist and OK to have systemic racism and all that going on. But yet black people were still succeeding and doing well. So now in our time in 2021, Please, I'm sorry. I just can't take it anymore. No, no way. I'm not buying any of that. No. Well, you're very, very effective uh, when you speak and you've got company as well. Have you noticed lately people from all walks of life, we've seen it, are stepping forward, school board meetings uh, on the Internet saying enough is enough. Uh, Tatiana Ibrahim, Keisha King. I think we have some pictures of these folks uh, uh, all over the place. And these clips are going viral. I, I just love it. And it's not from the top down. It's kind of from the bottom up. You know what I mean? This is grassroots yes. stuff that's happening. And that's why yes. I think there's a lot of hope. It is, sir. I'm telling you right now, America, listen to me. We are not divided. 
We are not divided. The reason why they are doing this is because of the fact that we are united. The reason why they're trying so hard to do this is because of the fact that America is united. And Americans just need to stand up and show that we absolutely 100% are united. If we were not united, they wouldn't be trying to fight so hard to divide us. They started with just peacefully protesting and all this stuff like that, you know, mostly peaceful when all this violence is going on. So they got the adults already separated, they're trying to separate them by race. And now they want to trickle it down there into the children with critical race theory. It's just a move by the evil person. I'm not talking about no left side, no right side. It's just whatever is behind all this is complete evil. I'm not for the left side. I'm not for the right side. I'm from the upside. That's it. And I'm just calling it like it is, plain and simple. You know, I never thought of it that way, but we are united. They want to take us apart. I was kind of like, I feel, you know, we're apart if you look at the internet. You're you're apart if you watch um, a lot of the fake news. But I think right. you're onto something very much so, Ty. I want to show you this. President Trump wrote a an op-ed for real clear politics. And let's go through it, if you don't mind. I think you'll agree with uh, his take. Uh, far from advancing the beautiful dream of the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. that our children should not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character, the left's vile new theory preaches that judging people by the color of their skin is actually a good idea. Martin Luther King, wow. We could really use a Martin Luther King right now. We have him. They, I'm one of them. I'm sorry. I mean, I can't just stand back and just do nothing anymore. I can't stand back and not say anything anymore. I'm out there. I'm for America. Americans, we are absolutely united. We are not going to let this happen to our country. Do not be scared to speak up and speak out because we have to do this for the future of our children. Human beings seem to be one of the few species that don't put their life on the line to protect their children. And that's what we need to do. We need to protect our children. You know, yeah, I take that back. Do we need a Martin Luther King? You're right. We have we have a lot of them. We have you. We have people like I showed you, those women. Everybody knows it. Everybody gets it. Dr. Yes. Martin Luther King did not die in vain. He, his message got out there. You know yes. it. We know it. Absolutely. Thank the you. The story, thank you. Uh, the, before we go, tell us a little bit about Cancel This with, with, with you. Cancel This, a podcast, and um, I love it. Uh, how does it work? What's it all about? It's about me just talking real facts, stating real statistics, going against the narrative of what people are trying to get us to do, trying to get us to think. I see it from afar. I was told this same thing when I was in the projects, when I was in the hood, I was told this same exact type of mentality. And here's the thing, I don't know how much time we got, but in, in, in one of my degrees, physical therapy, our number one thing is to get people dependent. As we advance, then we take those assistive devices away from them so they can become independent. And I can just see this from a long shot that all the government doing is keep on handing people walkers. If you keep them with walkers, they will never be able to be independent all they do is keep on, hey, well, now on this walker, we gave you a cup holder. Oh, now with this walker, we gave you a cell phone holder. But they're never getting away from the walker to become independent. And that's exactly what they're doing to the black community mentally. Ty Smith, keep it up. Many, many thanks. We'll check out your podcast. Cancel this with Ty Smith. All the best, sir. And to be continued. Thank you very much. You bet. We'll be right back. the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. President Putin had called you in his press conference an experienced person. You famously told him he didn't have a soul. Do you now have a deeper understanding of him after this meeting? Thank you, Thank you very much. 
One of the most bizarre moments I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, that was very, very odd. And remember, this guy was all about restoring normalcy to the presidency. Let's bring in the historians. Craig Shirley, Reagan biographer, presidential historian, and Doug Weed, presidential historian, author, and former advisor to George H.W. Bush. Welcome, gentlemen. Uh, I was not impressed uh, at all. Uh, quite frankly, I was uh, very, I was almost horrified by his behavior. Doug, you first. Well, you know what's interested me, Greg, often on your show, we compare to Reagan. And he so, was so mad and angry at the media, later snapping at that CNN reporter. And I remember uh, Ronald Reagan, he'd go to the helicopter on Friday to go to Camp David, and he'd look back at the media, and he'd wave, and his eyes would crinkle, and he'd smile. Yes, his face would say, you love me, and I love you. And watching that on TV, I'd think, what's going on here? Uh, the media hated Gerald Ford. They hated Richard Nixon. They hated Jimmy Carter. Why do they love Reagan? And then I went to the Reagan White House, went out on the South Lawn, saw in person and he walks to the helicopter. He smiles back at America. Oh, I love you and you love me. This time I could see the media and they were snarling and spitting. They hated him as much as they hated any of the other presidents. He didn't reflect it. And that crossed my mind when I saw Joe Biden and he snarled at the media and spat back at him. That was a real mistake. Really? And they protect this guy all the time. Uh, uh, Craig, stand by. I want to show that moment where he really goes nuts on this uh, reporter. Why are you so confident he'll change his behavior, Mr. President? That was that was harassment. That was so insulting. You're in the wrong business. Not even Donald Trump would say that to reporters. He'd say there, you're all fake news. But he wouldn't say you are worse than anybody else. And you should be, you know, anyway, Craig, your thoughts. Not, well, Donald, uh, Joe Biden doesn't have senior moments anymore. He has senior hours. Really, he needs to <laughs> take a swig of Metamucil and pull up his Depends because this was a disastrous performance. One of the worst performances I can ever recall by a U.S. president, either here in the United States or uh, overseas. Uh, he confused countries in Asia and uh, Africa. He uh, called uh, uh, Vladimir Putin a killer. Uh, I mean, he may be very well me, but it's very undignified, unpresidential for a president to call another world leader a, a killer. Uh, it, Macron he had to yell in his face so much so it looked like elder abuse in a nursing home. And all, all in all, it was a completely disastrous uh, time for, uh, for, for Joe Biden. Wow. Craig, I haven't seen you uh, that fired up since we saw that uh, scruffy dog a while, a while ago. Here's Joe Biden uh, actually not making sense. We have it slugged Biden gibberish. And I think, quite frankly, this is totally accurate. Let's go take a look at that. 
And uh, we, I've said before, and I apologize to the people. I didn't, I didn't tell you, you were my massive theory advisor. I'm leaving out a lot of people here. I apologize. I'm going to get in trouble. But anyway, we'll get back to that. But um, uh, we, um, uh, you know, there's a lot that uh, that is, is, is happening. Yikes. And, uh, you know, the secretary of state's looking at him. The other person's like looking straight ahead because it's exceedingly awkward. It's basically sad. And, Doug, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I just don't know. I, 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 I don't know about this guy. I don't know what's going to happen next. Well, the troubling thing for me is uh, the same people that he's counting on to feed him the words to prop him up so he says the right things and he looks uh, reasonable and intelligent. Other people are also apparently deciding the strategy. That would explain how he went into that disastrous conference and left it empowering Russia and empowering China, in my mind. I mean, uh, they shut down the colonial pipeline, the Russians, and he gave away Nord Stream 2. He gave it away before he has the meeting. This was just shocking to me. Strategically, I think this was a very bad weekend. So it's not just that other people are giving him the words, apparently other people are running the White House. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, as you know, it's now uh, Juneteenth. It's a national holiday. We didn't have much of a national conversation about that. I guess in 1865, General Granger, and this is new to me, honestly, uh, announced that uh, the slaves were free in Texas, announced the emancipation. You know, word traveled not so fast back then. And now we have this uh, this national holiday. Um Barack Obama was interviewed on one of the morning shows. I want to I want to show you how that all started. Take a look at this, how it's framed and and how they greet each other. Take a look. And now to Michael's one on one with former President Barack Obama talking about race, resilience and finding hope again. It's all part of ABC's Juneteenth special. Take a look. President Obama, happy Juneteenth. It is good to see you. Happy Juneteenth to you. Thank you. So uh, listen, National holidays generally bring Americans together. This seems to be not one of those holidays. Now, I recognize, look, we're three Caucasians, and some would say, well, what the heck do you guys know? Shut up. Well, sorry, it doesn't work that way. We are Americans. We didn't have an adequate discussion about this nationally. As recently as a year ago, Joe Biden had no clue what Juneteenth is, and now he's virtue signaling at uh, the highest of levels. Craig, what do you think? Yes. Well, look... All American holidays are for all Americans, whether it's Memorial Day uh, or the Fourth of July. Uh, but this is not, not a holiday for all Americans. It's only a holiday for a few Americans. What it is is about Joe Biden pandering to his base, not reaching out and trying to unite us as, as he lied uh, during the campaign and said he would try to do. It's, it, 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 uh, you know, we're contracting president's holidays like like Washington and Jefferson, but we, we, you know, we're expanding other holidays. It doesn't make any sense. We already have Black History Month. I mean, how much of, do we need to, to divide Americans even further? Okay. Now, listen, I want to show you guys. You're both Reagan uh, aficionados and books, uh, Craig. Have you heard about the documentary, The Reagans? I saw it on a plane. It's a four-part documentary. I believe we have the trailer. Let's take a quick look and talk about it briefly. 
We have it in our power to begin the world over again. The Reagans reinforced a myth of America that hurt many, many people. The country is headed into the worst recession. They see the First Lady redecorating the White House. Unfair criticism. You dust off. As long as the people buying the tickets liked it, that's all that counts. We're all the heroes of our own stories. They were just a little better at it. He wasn't just a Manchurian candidate. They believed it. God bless you, and good night. So, gentlemen, here's the deal. I actually like this documentary. Yes, it's a fake news hit job. Clearly, you heard the commentary, but it doesn't matter. They don't lay a glove on the Reagans because we see footage of Ronald Reagan. We hear interviews that we haven't heard before. We see the connection between him and Nancy. They can have liberal commentators all day long yelling and screaming. It doesn't alter the image. It actually enhances my appreciation of Ronald Reagan, and I highly recommend it. Craig, actually, you're the Reagan biographer, the big one. What do you think? And it's almost I'm like, sorry, go ahead. I'm going to disagree with you, Greg. Uh, they, they approached me about being in the documentary, and I, once I found out what it was about, I said no. But I talked to other people who were in the documentary, and they regretted being in it because they felt they were they were duped. Uh, Maya, uh, the, that, that actress or whatever, whatever she is, uh, she has no idea what she's talking about. Yeah. She's lying. Yeah. Uh, Reagan didn't hurt a lot of people. Reagan helped a lot of people. And the fact that he left office with a 73 percent approval rating, including millions of Democrats and independents, is proof that he was the true unifier and not the fake unifier Joe Biden uh, uh, pretends to be. So here's the deal. It's like Michael Deaver used to say, though. Remember, he would call up Sam Donaldson and said, Sam, that was a great report. And Sam would be like, what are you talking about? I ripped them apart. It doesn't matter. The yes. visuals were beautiful and people appreciate what he's doing. They can tell. And you're right about Maya Wiley and all the nuts in the documentary. They're all saying nasty things, but you yes. can't cancel and, and rewrite a man like Ronald Reagan, in my opinion. Gentlemen, I'm sorry. That's all the time we've got. Doug Weed, thank you. And Craig Shirley, thank you to be continued. OK, thanks, Greg. Thanks, Take Greg. Care. Have a good weekend. You bet. You too. And we'll be right back. Hey, welcome to New York City, huh? Shooting on the streets. This is happening all the time up in the Bronx, huh? You see that? These are kids. I think the, you see those little kids trying to protect their brother in the red shirt. I mean, this is horrible stuff. Our city is out of control. And folks, there's a big mayoral election next week. Problem is, this city is so overwhelmingly Democratic, it looks like a total lunatic might be the next mayor. The Democrats just about all of them are out to lunch. Crazy ideas like taking the guns away from cops. Yes, this is actually being entertained. And one of these candidates doesn't even live in New York. It's a joke. On the Republican side, though, we got two good ones. Uh, they're characters, but I like them both, and they have a lot of experience. Curtis Sliwa and Fernando Mateo, uh, both Republicans vying for the nomination. Next Tuesday, we spoke to both of them. Fernando Mateo, Republican, candidate for mayor of City of New York. First, you got to get that Republican nomination. Welcome to Newsmax. Thank you. Thank you very much. Curtis Sliwa, founder of the Guardian Angels, legendary New Yorker, currently the Republican candidate for mayor of the City of New York. 
Welcome back, Curtis. How are you? Oh, thanks for giving us coverage. I know you're giving Fernando coverage, me coverage, because the mainstream media, it's like there's no Republican primary. You bet, you bet. And by the way, Republicans have a history of winning mayoral elections. Mike Bloomberg, Rudy Giuliani, and who knows what could happen this year. So as you know, crime is out of control in the city. What are you going to do about it? Well, it harkens me back. Uh, in fact, tomorrow's the anniversary when I was shot five times with hollow-point bullets on the orders of John Gotti Sr. to John Gotti Jr. and the Gambino crime family. Right before Rudy Giuliani was elected mayor, thank God, and he rescued the city because we were averaging like 2,000 murders a year, shootings. And so I'm going to go to the exact spot where the plan was hatched in Howard Beach, talk about that, but also talk about how we are beginning to get back to that time when David Dinkins was mayor and the streets were out of control, the subways were out of control, and you couldn't go through the parks at night. We need to recover that. And I'm the guy to do it for 42 years as leader of the Guardian Angels, both here in New York City and in 13 countries and 130 cities around the world. If there's one thing people know about Curtis Lewa, it's law and order, public safety, quality of life, zero tolerance. Crime is uh, out of control in New York City. How would you fix it as mayor? Bringing back Ray Kelly as police commissioner. I mean, what he did was for this city, no one, no other commissioner has done. We had the best 20 years of uh, leadership when he was commissioner of New York City. And I believe that his policies were very good for the city. People felt safe. Cops felt they had a leader uh, leading them. And he needed no instructions from the mayor. I want a, I want a commissioner that needs no instructions that knows what he's got to do, that believes that law and order is number one. And backing up our men and women in blue is number one, num the number one thing for me, making sure that they get the respect that they've lost over the last eight years. Well, Mr. Mateo, I think that is a great answer. <laughs> I must say I appreciate that. How about the homelessness, the homelessness situation? We need, we need to take homelessness and, and the services that are provided to them away from government. Government does not know how to, how to run a business, and running homeless shelters is a business. I would put it in the hands of the private sector. Business people that you can hold accountable, business people that can produce and give them the life that they deserve. Build the men mental health facilities that are needed. A lot of these homeless people are mentally ill, and they need help. They shouldn't be on our streets. They need to be put in mental institutions. And those that are homeless, we need to bring them to communities that, where they feel comfortable and where the community will embrace them. Right now, we have them in, every, in everyone's backyard. You don't put homeless shelters in your backyard. People don't want them, and they don't want to be there because they're not wanted. So we go to the industrial parks, and you build buildings with the billions we, we use every year to service them, we can build proper housing with mass transportation going through them to take the kids to school and the parents to work if they're working. Homelessness is out of control. Uh, what's your plan for that? Homelessness and the emotionally disturbed persons who need to be in mental health care facilities getting their medicine. You gotta physically remove them from the streets, the subways, and the parks. This isn't crisis intervention where let me try to sweeten you up and convince you. They got to get off the streets. And for the homeless who don't have emotional issues, they'll probably have alcohol or drug issues. They've got to have programs in the shelters, which don't exist now. Don't exist now. And these are lost souls. So I'm compassionate one, when it comes to that, to helping these lost souls. 
but I want to crack down on crime. I know you ride the subway all the time. Uh, the city seems to be falling apart in terms of infrastructure plans. Greg, I've seen you on the subways. Uh, you're a stand-up New York guy. Most of the other trend Deutsch freaking choice and ever on the subways. I just ran 20 blocks because the subway stopped in between stations. <laughs> Curtis, Curtis, Curtis. I live in the subways. All the other candidates, uh, maybe they take a photo op in the subway. But the way to remedy the subway crime situation is you got to flood it with more uniform cops. And they got to actually ride the trains, go up and down from the last car to the front car. They're not doing that now. Public transportation, make sure we have two cops in every subway station. Every subway station will be a safe haven for people looking for refuge. If you're in trouble and you, and you feel you need help, we don't have a police precinct on every block. But we do have a train station every other block. So why not put police officers in the train stations and create a safe haven? You founded the uh, New York State Federation of Taxi Drivers, and you're also the founder of uh, the United Bodegas of America. Tell us how those two jobs uh, have helped you get ready for your next challenge. Well, I worked very closely with uh, detectives and undercover police officers that were helping us uh, find the criminals that were shooting the cab drivers. Cab drivers were being murdered two and three a week until we were able to get law and order, until we stood up and said, we need partitions, we need cameras in every cab, and we want the city to pay for it. And you know what? Rudy Giuliani was the mayor back then, and we saw eye to eye, and he authorized the $5 million. So whenever you see a partition or a camera in a cab, I am responsible for that. I have worked closely with NYPD for 30 years. Bodega owners, they get looted every day. They get robbed. They get assaulted. Their, their bodegas become safe havens for people that need help. That's why I'm going to be the mayor. A little bit on the personal side, you mentioned getting shot five times. The Gottis, how did you get them so mad at you? What happened? <laughs> By speaking the truth. You know, everyone else took the code of Omerta when talking about John Gotti Sr. when he was on trial for the last time. Every day on WABC radio, I'd be talking about what is Yadrul, what a knuckle dragger this guy was. So he calls up his son and he goes, because he was listening in the morning before he had to go to trial. You make sure that guy never talks about us and the Gambinos and the Gottis again. So naturally, his son, John Gotti Jr., said, yeah, 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 dad. And they tried to kill me two separate times. The worst one was with the five hollow point bullets. Yeah, and you're still, uh, you're not afraid to make fun of the mob. <laughs> no, not at all. Took a lick in and came back. Take. I tell you what, though, uh, the one part of me that a lot of people don't know, I live in a 328 square foot studio with a turlet and 15 rescue cats. Fernando Mateo, Republican candidate for mayor of New York City. Primary day is June 22nd. Are we done? I'm sorry. I'm just getting warmed up here. <laughs> I'm just getting warmed up. Come back when you win the nomination. Good luck and thank you. Oh, you got to go to CurtisLewaForMayor.com to learn more. CurtisLewaForMayor.com. Maybe you'll see all 15 names of my rescue cats. The mayor of New York City gets to live in Gracie Mansion. It's a great big house. Curtis would uh, not have to live in that small apartment. We'll see what happens. The primary is Tuesday. Be right back. All right, that is my baby Annalise. She is a year and a half old and uh, pretty good, right? Pretty good. All right, 
Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, and uh, thank you for watching. Stand by for Stinchfield, and uh, to be continued next week, all right? Enjoyed it. All the best.